Welcome to Ready for Mistakes, a contemporary photography podcast where I talk with photographers about their work and philosophy, as well as their views on photography within the world of visual art and beyond. All right, I got my coffee. I'm gonna start drinking it yet. What's going on, everyone? Uh, it has been uh, quite a little while since the last real episode of Ready for Mistakes. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I know I did another update episode a while ago. Um, and things have, of course, updated since then. Um, so this is going to be kind of a solo episode. And I believe I mentioned in, in that one that I would be doing a similar kind of thing to what Kyle McDougall has been doing, which is some solo episodes talking about different things on my mind about photography and my work process and everything like that. Um, so that will likely be coming in the future more. Um, but uh, to kind of start off this this kind of update episode, uh, there's been a lot going on that has been kind of causing a lot of the delays in, this, in the series of podcast episodes. Um, I have been, thankfully, able to do a lot of uh, YouTube videos, uh, which I've been very happy with how they've been coming out lately. I've been learning quite a lot about uh, making videos, um, and it's been giving me ideas as to how to start approaching filmmaking as well. Um, I want to start doing some uh, fine art filmmaking when I'm <clears throat> doing some things that involve moving images in the same way that I would approach my photography. Uh, and related to that, I'm working on some gear upgrades for my digital kit. I posted about that on Instagram. Because uh, for, for you gearheads out there that are listening to this, I use a Fujifilm X-T3. Uh, and I just sold, or at least I'm in the process of selling, my kit lens, which is that wonderful 18 to 55 2.8 to 4 which is honestly a fabulous kit lens. It's just not quite what I want for, uh, for this kit. I need something with a little bit more reach and a slightly better optical formula. Um, so I'm going to be upgrading most likely to the 16 to 80 f4. The only downside to that lens to me is honestly that f4 aspect, which can be a little annoying. However, I'm going to be using this lens for my personal work more than anything. Maybe some professional work, absolutely concerts once those are a thing again. But overall, uh, that kit is going to be upgrading quite a lot. Um, I'm going to drop a few bucks on that kit. I don't plan on uh, upgrading the body anytime soon. So there is that. And the real benefit with that is that it will help me make videos a lot cleaner, a lot nicer, uh, because the X-T3 is already an amazing camera for video purposes. So I've got a lot of different projects going on these days. Uh, everything from working on upgrading my studio space, um, from little things like a new monitor to a 35 millimeter film scanner, uh, to a new tripod, things like that. Uh, as well as getting more books, uh, both text photography books and uh, text books that are uh, not necessarily photography related. And of course, getting proper photo books. Like there are a handful of different photographers that I've been following for quite a while and some new ones for me that I've been wanting to get their books for a while. Uh, there's quite a lot out there and I'm, I'm really sad to see some of the books I really wanted to get are officially sold out and it sounds to me coming from like interviews of the photographer uh, that there will not be second editions necessarily. I hope that that mind will change at some point in the future. But with all these different projects going on, there's a few that I want to keep a little bit 
on the down low for a little while, at least until things really progress and things become worth talking about. But there are some pretty big ideas and big hopes, big things that I'm working toward just this year alone that I really hope will come out really well. And with that, I did write out a bunch of my goals for photography in 2021 and beyond. Uh, I've said this in uh, past videos. I think I did this uh, a year ago today or close to a year ago today uh, when I was talking about goals in photography and how those are slightly more reliable than that of resolutions. As resolutions are typically one or two things that are pretty big picture, usually relatively vague. That's not always the case. And a lot of times, you know, people will be working on those and they'll keep it going until probably about March or so. And if you keep it going after that, then good on you. You did a good job. Um, but, you know, we all know the stigma about New Year's resolutions and how they don't really last. What I've always preferred doing is physically writing out goals, very specific goals and some vague ones, too. Um, and then throughout the year, just kind of keep those on hand so I can kind of see what's going on. Uh, there's different things that I really want to be working on. Let me grab my notebook so I can actually say a couple examples. So there's some pretty simple ones, things like shoot more 35 millimeter film, which is something that I've been wanting to do. Last year, I did a whole heck of a job with shooting more uh, 120 film. Uh, I had got my Mimia RB67 in September of 2019, and then that became pretty much my main film camera for most of 2020. And then I later in the late summer got a Mamiya 645E that I have been in love with. I love that thing so much. Uh, it's so lightweight and so easy to use compared to the RB67. But the RB67 still takes the cake as my favorite non-large format camera. Along with that, there's thing, uh, some other similar ones like shoot more black and white. Other things that have been on my list for the past few years, which is shoot more landscape. You know, 2018, I went on this nine-day road trip out west to Rocky Mountain National Park, Grand Teton National Park, Yellowstone, Devil's Tower. We wanted to go to Badlands, but sadly, we were way too exhausted. But after that trip, uh, me and those guys were pretty, uh, pretty worn out, both physically and mentally. Uh, and I kind of stopped doing traditional landscape for quite a while. And uh, recently, and of course, during a global pandemic, go figure, uh, I've been really wanting to go back out to different national and state parks and shoot some traditional landscape, regardless of what conditions I'm in, really just a way to get myself out there, uh, explore a little bit more. Um, but of course, with limitations, I'm really restricted, or I'm rather restricting myself to local um, so I'm not really driving any more than an hour away for any kind of photography purposes. And uh, there's a video coming out tomorrow, actually, where I go over to West Indiana. That was actually barely into when um, Illinois moved back a phase. Uh, and I was by myself in that whole video. The spot that I was going to was roughly an hour away from where I live. So, But there's other more uh, conceptual kind of things, more subjective matters that I have on my goals, which are things like taking more control in my images. Like, what exactly does that mean? Well, that can vary from photo to photo, but it typically comes down to things like composition, light, and how I post-process. But it also comes down to another thing, another goal, which is to shoot more 
conceptual photographs, which is a lot of the planning related photographs, things where I'm meticulously placing everything in the scene. I may or may not have a or a couple different models to help me out, whether it be myself or something else, uh, you know, really taking control in the most literal way. And that kind of comes after when I made this project called Moth back in 2018 and 2019, which was entirely that style of shooting. Shooting the same kind of landscapes I typically do today, which is that kind of urban American kind of style. Uh, but I'm just adding in a little bit of a conceptual twist by having a model standing somewhere in the, fr in the frame doing something and there's some artificial lighting in some of them. Um, I would move my car in a particular spot to uh, add to the composition or cover up something that I didn't want to be visible and different purposes for each one. And it worked out really well. It wound up becoming uh, one of my favorite projects I've ever made. But regardless, that's something that I really want to do a lot more of. There's a bunch of other different things, including getting this podcast back up and running because it has been quite a while since I've actually done a new episode. The last episode was with Danny DeRusso. I believe that was back in the summer was when I recorded that. And of course, Danny is a wonderful dude. i um, been keeping in touch with him and a few other uh, Mamiya shooters. We have our little, uh, little group of friends of all Mamiya shooters. And uh, we've tossed uh, the idea around of making a shoot the shit kind of podcast called the Mamiya Gang. And I think that would be really fun if that actually comes out to uh, something fun. So in relation to the podcast, um, there's a few different things I want to do for this podcast to make sure that it comes out better and a bit more consistent. So I want to aim for at least one or two guests every month. It's a bit lower frequency than I really originally wanted it to be. Um, I originally wanted to be going uh, bi-weekly every two weeks uh, and then work my way toward a weekly podcast. But that wound up being pretty darn challenging, especially with my old job. Uh, it was very time consuming. Now I've got a bit more free time on my hands, but uh, a matter of finding photographers that I think would be uh, suitable to be talking to have a conversation that's really fruitful and about different things, different photographers from what I typically do. That's a big one is I want to have a more diverse range of photographers uh, with their styles, not just all these contemporary photography or contemporary landscape photographers making pictures of boring things. You know, I don't want to have only photographers like that. As much as I enjoy that kind of photography, I need some more conceptual photographers. I need some more, uh, traditional landscape. I need some more portrait photographers. I need, I need more range in what kind of photographers I talk to. And uh, one thing that uh, many of my colleagues and friends know is that I do this uh, zine and book imprint called Sad Bird, which is mostly right now it's just submission based zines and small projects that I've that I've been making. Um, but I want to connect both uh, Sad Bird books and Ready for Mistakes. I want to have them really work hand in hand. Uh, so it's not feeling so much like it's uh, I'm juggling all these different ideas, which uh, was starting to become the case in uh, late 2019. I was doing all these different projects, different ideas and all that on top of a journalism job. It just did not work out very well. So I've been working to kind of streamline things and take these different ideas that I have and put them together 
keeping their names separate. So, of course, Sad Bird will still be Sad Bird. Ready for Mistakes will still be Ready for Mistakes. Um, but doing something like whenever I have a guest on the on the podcast, uh, maybe make a small 20-page zine of some of their work as a kind of view um, on what their work is like, or maybe a small excerpt from a project that they made that they're really proud of. Another thing related to kind of progressing this podcast is that I want to have uh, follow-up episodes or reprise episodes with uh, former guests. Um, since pretty much all of the photographers that I've been talking to are around my age range in their early, mid to late 20s, um, you know, we're all so young, we're all still in our early years that we're bound to make so much progress in only a year. So the there's a few different people that have already reached out to me about wanting to do a second episode, kind of uh, either backstepping different things that they said because they realized they didn't quite word it correctly or uh, maybe expanding on certain ideas or saying different things that they've learned about their work and photography and art in general. So those people will be... Uh, coming on the podcast again in the future so in other news for the podcast the next episode which is going to be recorded a few days after i'm recording this update episode is going to be with the wonderful tristan martinez quick little uh blurb about him he is a recent graduate from uh, the school of the art institute of chicago he graduated last year and he's from la but is currently working in chicago and uh, he's just a fantastic photo photographer. He's very different from what I do in my photography. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun to talk to him. He's a fantastic artist and really love his work. So excited to talk to him. So to kind of switch things up a little bit, I want to give a little bit of an update related to my photography progress and everything. How things have changed in recent days and weeks and months and all that jazz. Uh, and it really comes down to... <laughs> A job shift for one. So I'm going to check really quick. So April 17th. Um, things have changed a lot since that last episode. That last update episode. Between this one and Danny DeRusso. So I no longer work at that newspaper. So the intro in all of the past episodes prior to this. Where I say that I'm a working photojournalist. Well that's no longer true. I uh, completely shifted gears and I'm taking uh, more time to work on my personal photography, do a little bit more freelance work when I can, of course, because COVID is a thing and I can't be doing really too many client works without, you know, risking my or anyone else's health. So there is that to keep in mind with all of this hilarity going on in the world. Um, but regardless, um, this shift from... Uh, working at a newspaper to now being uh, at a photo lab um, has been tremendously helpful. Uh, it was a big shift because I'm going, I went from a full-time job to a part-time job and the remainder of my time is completely filled. Uh, the remainder of my work time, I don't want to say like I'm dedicating my entire day to this, but I've been spending a lot of time with my photography, going out to shoot when I can, but my shooting frequency, while it has increased since I left the paper, it still is quite a bit low, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, I think it's very important for artists of any media to take some steps back sometimes and slow down. Uh, you don't always have to be making all the time. 
uh, that can very quickly lead to burnout. So I've been I've been out to shoot a couple times since the new year. And I mean, it is January 14th. So two weeks in is not bad to go shooting two or three times. You know, one of those times was just in my backyard. But the other two times I went out to shoot uh, exclusively to shoot photos and wound up coming back with some pretty fun stuff. But uh, when it comes to all of my behind the scenes work, I've been doing this thing of uh, self critiquing my photography. So I'm going through Lightroom. I'm starting off in 2019 specifically because 2018, I made uh, a couple different bodies of work that I already am pretty proud of. Um, I made Arbor Neighbor, which is a traditional landscape woodland photography series. Uh, it was my first cohesive body of work that I made. Um, and then I made Moth, which was uh, my first conceptual kind of like successful conceptual uh, project. And I say successful in the artistic way, as in like the photos really worked well. Um, they were very cohesive with each other. They all kind of stood on their own while working with each other. Um, and then everything before that was really just class projects um, before 2018. So I'm starting in 2019 because that was when I really started looking at photography in a more casual way, in a much more uh, just shoot the photos, shoot the things that you're interested in, and then come back to it later and uh, see what you think and see if it has a home in a project. There are some photographs that I did shoot for projects I already had started. For example, my Route 66 stuff. There were a handful of these photographs in 2019 that were very strictly shot with the intent of being in my Route 66 project. But the self-critique process has been really cathartic. I've been really learning a lot about how I, how I work, how I take my photos, how I edit my photos for that matter, both editing in the manner of Lightroom and Photoshop editing, but also editing as in uh, how I associate photos together. Um, for ones that I'm thinking of uh, <clears throat> putting into a series, uh, thinking about how I will associate photographs together, um, that kind of thing. That self-critique process is something um, I highly suggest everyone do. Um, how I've been doing it in Lightroom is sorting by capture time. So all my digital photos are in order from when I shot them. Um, some of them have GPS data, which is kind of fun because I actually thought about that at the time. Now, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it on my Fuji. Going through each one and in the caption box in the library view of Lightroom, I have been typing out about a paragraph um, response to each one. Um, I kind of start off each one. I, I might do a video about this in the future. I don't know for sure. Um, it, this is more for me than anything. I start off each caption, each response with how I feel right off the bat. Like, I like this photo. I'm half and half with this photo. I think this photo is weak, this, that, and the other. And then I kind of go into a kind of hodgepodge of different criteria some things about composition and every photo's composition kind of varies. Is it geometric? Is it a uh, deadpan? Is it uh, center weighted? Is it open? Is it a uh, negative space kind of thing? Like there's different types of composition and I'll talk about what it is about that composition that I enjoy or rather wish I did better. Um, then I go into light and color because um, light and color kind of go hand in hand. Um, if I think it works better as a black and white photo, I'll kind of actively type out saying, I think this photo would look better as a black and white. Hang on, give me a second. And I like literally write that down. Jump over to the develop tab. Switch it to monochrome. Do a couple edits. 
throw a filter on there, usually a red filter. Um, then after I switch it over to black and white, do a couple quick edits, I'll jump back over to the to the caption and say, there we go, that's better. It does look a lot better, but this, that, and the other. A lot of times, you know, I'm focusing on color palette and certain photos that have really nice color palettes. Well, I'll make a note of that. Like this, this color palette really works well for me. It really has this kind of effect on me. Um, and then I'll also mention things about the subjects within the frame or the objects within the frame, what they're doing, how it's interacting. And sometimes I'll say so much as there's too much here. There's too many objects in the frame and it's causing a lot of confusion. It's just a cacophonous loud image. Other times I'll say there's so little information and it's so boring of a scene that there's no interest at all. It's just a boring picture of a boat or something like it's something like that. Um, so it's a matter of really being honest with myself and telling myself when a photo is just nice for aesthetic and nothing more than just the way it looks. And other times when it's like, this is a good photo in all honesty, it is a good photograph that works well. It does everything that I want it to do. Um, and maybe more often than not, I still write down what I wish I did better in that photo, whether it be something in the composition, whether it was, uh, I wish I had waited about an hour to shoot this photo to have different lighting. It all varies from photo to photo. Other times it's like, this is top tier. This is one of the best photos I've ever shot. This, that, and the other. I really like it. And then I still even say, I still wish I did this, that, and the other better. Now, one reason why I really suggest this this process to a lot of different people, pretty much every artist, regardless of your medium, is that you, sh you should develop trust in yourself, in your art, in how you look at your art, because it will help you with figuring out what you're doing, especially as a young artist. Uh, I think that there's a very common theme among young artists where we don't want to get critique from anyone, including ourselves. We just make stuff and we think it looks nice which is more often than not the case even if it's a weak photo and it still looks nice you know it's still worth posting still share it uh it's one of those things that younger artists just really dread any kind of critique especially from themselves and i think that's something that uh everyone needs to work on i myself need to work on it because I get tired of looking at my work and writing about it. I don't want to do it. There's photos that I, I look at as like, I really, really enjoy this photo, but damn, I don't want to say that it's bad because it is. It's, it's one of those kind of things. I don't want to admit to myself when a photo is bad just because I like the aesthetic. I like the color. I like this, that, and the other. And it, I wind up realizing it's just not a good photo. So that's something that uh, is really important for everyone, especially young, young artists of any media to get critique from the people and the person you should trust the most, which is yourself. Uh, if you develop a community or a small group of friends that you trust getting honest, real input from go to them. Like I have a handful of friends that I go to uh, very specifically asking for critique and thoughts on photos and everything, everything from the formal qualities like uh, composition and light and color to the more subjective matters as to how they're reading it. You know, are they floundering in the scene? Are they just lost, not having any idea what's going on? Or are they given just enough information within the photograph to start developing their own read, their own narrative to the scene 
with the hope in mind that it comes close to, if not is the same reading as how I see it as the person who made the photograph. And even then, if they read it in a very different way from how you as the artist do, that's not a bad thing at all. Um, more often than not, it's a very good thing, and it kind of will help you with realizing, oh, I didn't realize this, that, or the other can have this kind of theme to it. This particular idea comes out because of these things. Because you know, the, the hope is that you would be talking to people of different backgrounds from different places in the world or country, um, and different cultures and all that jazz. So it definitely helps out to have a good range of people to get input from. So with the idea of critiquing projects and everything, um, the I mentioned the Route 66 project a little bit ago. Um, that is a project I've been working on since early 2019. It's gone through a lot of changes throughout the past year or so. Really wanting to simplify it, um, making sure that it's where I want it to be. So there's a lot of things about Route 66 that is attractive to photographers of all types. Um, and you can take a look at the small batch I have for that project so far. Um, that may change in time. There's roughly 20-some photos, if I'm remembering correctly, on my website, um, shot along Route 66 between Chicago and St. Louis. And I chose this segment, one, because I live right in the middle of it, but also because I think that this segment of Route 66 is often forgotten about. Almost every project or series that I view that involves Route 66 as a dominant subject or as the subject is very commonly focused on that range between Texas and California. So a lot of the desert landscape, <clears throat> a lot of the prairie landscape, um, and then getting into the mountains and all that over in Southern California. Of course, it makes sense to look at those areas a lot because it's freaking beautiful. I mean, there's no doubt. And there's such interesting um, landscape and culture and structures and everything along the line um, that, of course, it makes sense that um, photographers will prefer to make photos of Route 66 in that portion instead of the Midwestern portion, where it's a lot of cornfields, not quite as fun in general. But I think that's more reason to make these photographs. And, you know, living on in a Route 66 town um, for the past over a decade and driving up and down Route 66 between Chicago and St. Louis... Uh, I've become very familiar with how it all works, kind of getting, uh, kind of observing the culture and everything and seeing how it compares to where I live, um, different small towns within Illinois and everything, uh, certain consistencies and all that. And then also doing research on the history of Route 66, um, trying to figure out what is it about Route 66 that makes it so significant beyond the fact that it's this massive road connecting Chicago and LA. Uh, there's more underlying information that a lot of people typically don't know about or rather don't want to know about. I've been doing more research on that and I learned, actually I have this article that my old professor sent me, um, printed off. It's an article from The Atlantic from 2016. It's the, the name of the article is The Roots of Route 66. And this particular article is... T talking a lot about this thing called the Green Book, uh, which is more or less a cheat sheet for black Americans 
traveling along Route 66 and also throughout the entire country for that matter. Basically a cheat sheet saying these are businesses and places where you are safe. It is this very important piece of information for black travelers to make sure that they don't go into towns they shouldn't go into because thinking about the time period, um, they couldn't do a lot of things. You know, this is the era of Jim Crow. This is the era of um, this before the civil rights movement and all this is the twenties, the thirties, the forties. There's a lot of issues going on here. And I only learned about this green book uh, in the past few months that got me thinking more and more about Illinois and its impact with Route 66 and how Illinois has quite a few sundown towns. So that got me cha- uh, to change up this, the approach I have for the Route 66 project and keeping those different things in mind and uh, understanding each town's history. Like, what is it about each town that makes it good, bad, or ugly? And what is it that makes this particular subject that I'm photographing representational of Route 66 between Chicago and St. Louis. And there's a lot of different things that I am trying to get going on it. But also, I don't want this project to be like a monstrous 400 photo long survey. I want it to be short and sweet. I want it to be 40, 50, maybe 60 photos long. 60 might be on the long end, um, but pretty short. Making sure that each photo is contributing to the se- the series well in such a way that uh, doesn't leave the viewer clueless um, and also has them raise questions about Route 66 and uh, the different cultures and towns along the way, not just a bunch of aesthetically pleasing images of classic diners and gas stations and old cars and all that, like as nice as all that is, that's just any other Route 66 project. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be more insightful, more thought-provoking than just simply a bunch of cool pictures of roadside attractions. But in relation to other projects I'm working on, um, I'm not going to go too in-depth. My series Dune Edge Face West, which was shot nearly a year ago, but I uh, finished the photographs over the summer um, by scanning and editing and all that. Um, In fact, a small excerpt of uh, Dune Edge Face West was recently published in Subjectively Objective, I have it in my hand right now, it is volume 98 of the mini monograph series, so it is 12 photographs printed out, stapled together, it's very nice and cheap, um, I think there are a couple remaining, not many, on the Subjectively Objective website, uh, but that little publication just helped tremendously with uh, just making sure that this series was actually worthwhile, and it, it sure as hell is. Um, So I'm going to be working very diligently on getting that series up for publication. Um, The series is pretty much finalized. The sequence is not necessarily finalized, but all 40 photographs are confirmed. I'm going to be getting a new scanner to scan the 35 millimeter stuff. I'm very happy with the way the medium format stuff looks, but the 35 millimeter stuff is just a little bit off um, in sharpness and color quality. So I'm going to be getting that new scanner to dedicate all my 35 mil stuff to be ready for print um, and exhibition for that matter once that can be a thing again. But I I haven't decided if I want to send it to publishers or if I want to uh, keep it self-published, keep it um, keep it local, you know. 
um, put it through Sadbird or if I want to go through someone else. So that's something I have not decided quite yet. But I'm very happy with that series. When you go to my website, it's the first thing you see. You'll see a little preview banner of it and then a big view the view the photographs button that you can, well, view the photographs. Uh, so, but... Uh, to kind of start winding things down for this episode, um, I want to kind of just talk about projects I have in mind. Um, I don't know how things will be going in the future, in the coming days, in the coming months, um, but I am working on some pretty big things that might involve some pretty big moves. And I mean moves as in like moving out of state kind of thing. So the hope is that that will work out by the end of the year. Um, and if things do work out, you guys will absolutely be hearing more about it on social media and the podcast and YouTube, but that will hopefully come together in one way or another, um, and hopefully lead its way into more progress in my photography and my art so that it can really become more interesting. I'm, I'm keeping it pretty vague, but I mean, the whole purpose of what I'm working on is to make myself a better artist. So, uh, those who know me know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't, I mean, you'll find out in in the future, these different projects are going to be taking a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I've got this podcast I'm trying to bring back up. I got my next guest that I'm recording this weekend. Um, I've got another guest who's confirmed. It's just a matter of scheduling him. Um, and then there's a bunch of other photographers I'm going to be reaching out to and hopefully they will confirm. We will find out as time goes. And then there's also in the progress, there is another art pro- uh, podcast in being made. Uh, I can't talk about it too much. I just want to mention that it does exist. It's a bit of a different vibe than this one. Um, so it'll be pretty fun to see how that one goes. I'm not really going to be participating in it too much. I'm actually going to be producing it. Uh, so I will pop in now and then. But that one, as as things are worked out, as we get all of our ducks in a row you guys will absolutely be seeing some pretty fun stuff with a new art podcast. We're just figuring out all the logistics still. And then, of course, the YouTube channel um, with all the different things I'm working on. Uh, YouTube is still pretty casual. I don't want to give myself a strict schedule for either the podcast or YouTube, but I do have a new episode going up tomorrow uh, where I go to uh, West Indiana I've got another one where I shoot my last rolls of film of 2020. Uh, I'm just waiting on that last roll of film to get back to me. I had to send it off instead of develop it locally. So I'm waiting for those scans to get back. I decided to get scans from the lab this time um, because I don't want to have to wait too long. They should be getting the film today and I should be getting the scans either this weekend or early next week, which means I can finally put together that video. Um, And then there's a couple other videos I want to try out uh, talking more in depth about those goals I have for 2021 and beyond, um, as well as some other more conceptual side of things Um, and trying to figure out which which topics are better for the podcast and which topics are better for a video. But as time goes, things will be worked on quite a lot. Um, As soon as Dune Edge Face West has uh, been finalized by design and sequence and all that, uh, you guys are absolutely going to see that a lot because I'm going to be posting about it left and right. I'm going to try to keep it cheap. Um, I want it to be a good size, like probably around an 8 by 10 or 8.5 by 11 size zine book thing, something between a zine and a book. And I want it to be less than $40. I want it to be cheap, but I want it to be made well. So that's the important thing. So uh, as time goes, as that gets figured out, 
you guys will see it. Um, but anyway, I think we're going to close this update episode off. I have to edit the living hell out of this thing, bring it down to less than an hour. Um, but you guys will, uh, see more about, uh, the next episode with Tristan Martinez coming up in the coming weeks. And then anyone else after that, uh, you will see as well. You guys can check out my social media. It's nice and consistent. It is at Jeff Smoody. That's at J-E-F-F-S-M-U-D-D-E. Of course, it's all in the title and in the, in the description here. Um, and my website is the same thing, jeffsmoody.com. Uh, be sure to check it all out. If you want to drop a follow by all means, I cannot make you do anything. Uh, it's up to you if you want to follow my bad, bad art, you know, but new video out tomorrow and yeah, that's really about it. Some fun stuff in store, lots of work going on, lots of stress, lots of all kinds of crap going on. So hope you guys got something out of this update episode. Sorry, it was a bit lengthy, but I'm doing my darndest, you know? Uh, but things are being worked on and you'll see some more in the future. Hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next one.